I like in them beats, boy. This one hard, dog. This one hard. This one go hard. Shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. Yeah, yeah. Good night, villagers. All I tell you yourself. All we tell myself is who up for a swim in the Gulf of Paria? Not me, Dan. Not me. Not me. Not me at all. Not me at all, Jed. Oh, let's see. Oh, let's see that footage. Oh, let's see that footage. The drone footage, though. The drone footage, though. You see how the sea look? You see it? I did not see the drone footage. Dan, 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 Dan. You just see it. And you know how the oil is looking in the ground in the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nighty Gulf. The only video I see was the one with, um, what do you name? Dippin' Ihanna. Is that her name again? Yeah. Fisherman Dip Friends. Gary Abood. Gary Abood. The Abood. Let's see any, any mafia <laughs> stories. Well, everybody, I yeah, mean, everybody, yeah, who yeah, out, yeah. everybody who out to any media has to do a pre-dip. I mean, we just do it too, you know? We yeah, do, yeah, do yeah, pre-dip yeah, too, you know? Like we do a pre-dip, you know? Make sure it's quality. Yeah, I mean, it's media at the end of the day. You know? It's not real life, you know? I say that, you see, I say that because... I grew up with that now, boy. Growing up in Point and Labrick, oh, it's that oil spill on the dread. So it's nothing. Yeah. Like that oil spill I see there is nothing. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a common thing now. And we're doing nothing about it a long time. You long know what I'm so I've been doing nothing. You know, I, yeah. so I hear, I listen to the video. I hear the hype. I say, all right, good. But I try to sift from it. Well, what are you going to do? And mm-hmm. you're getting the same, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah, he likes, yeah, he shares. And hear about the business. Yeah, that's yeah, but, well, I mean, I spot it. I spot it. Let's see. I mean, there's bringing attention mm. to it. Is, is, you know, is it, it, it at least it points the 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 public towards that topic. You know, at the end of the day, it may be yeah. that we are spinning top in mud, but um, yeah. at least we know that really? it have a top in the mud. You know what I mean? No, I, I, just... I, I, I agree. But what? But what's the intercultural? Thirty years we doing that. So we don't have anything more than that. In other words, we 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 still depending on um boat boat Yeah, you know, that's what I'm to, to be the one to, to carry it the distance that it needs to go then, you know, son? Because well, it's like well, I, I would, remember I driving when it had no Koblal Singh, because at least you see Koblal Singh carry it further eh? in terms of the, oh. the story of environmentalism. Oh, you mean, oh, you mean, oh, you mean, oh, 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 good, good point. Exactly. Good point. Most of the people carry it to the point of, okay, you get the likes, you get the shares, you get the attention. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is mm-hmm. that happening for 30 odd years now, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how you carry it yeah. further, you understand what I'm saying? And yeah. you know what I mean? Is it, it to me it tells me that there's a, a, a fundamentally weak link in the laws that governs that, that govern Trinidad and Tobago. I will say yes, though that know. Trinidad and Tobago is still very advanced to have an EMA and to have an EMA act. Very very few small islands and developing states have that. So really? it's good that we have that infrastructure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. the thing is that you had to look at how to strengthen it. You understand what I'm saying? Because it can't be that you're having oil spills like this and mm-hmm. nobody had no serious consequence on that kind of thing like that because it could let the city kind of damage now, boy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, it, it, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a know? lot. And then well, let's see, um, yeah. driving up and down mm-hmm. in, the, in the background of the video, that was quite damning yeah. to me at least. Well, let's see the Delta reaching out of that, eh? Yeah. 
Delta, Delta is which Delta. one? Is he India? The Delta is the Delta. I was born in the Delta. I Brazilian or just now? Let me check and make sure. Yeah, Gamma is Brazil and Delta is India. Well, you know, I already know the only Gamma I used to know was Falcanting, but let me tell you, when it comes down to what the news we talking about, us keep hearing about the Delta variant, and that's the one that is the hot topic, and it is in Trinidad, as we speak, confirmed. And I mean, it was coming. We know it was coming. I don't know where it ends when I reach Trinidad. There you mean. Because you know we had to be in it. We had to be in it. We had to be in it. We can't be left how, how that in reach, and, But but if that in India, how it reach Trinidad? I mean, because Brazilian one we understand flying. because we so close. Well, well, let's see. There's a thing really? called air travel, yeah. and there's another thing yeah. called called <laughs> from um, India from India to travel. Believe it or not, let's see. We did come you from see India the before. Eh? It's, 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 it happened. Yeah, but it's still it's still happening now because when borders reopen. Well, when borders well reopen, as far like, as I see, let's see. Last time I checked, the Indian, the Indian Expo was, was closing for the tenth time. The Indian Expo was still going to close, and it's still closed. So, so it's still coming, right? <laughs> the Indian Expo yeah, was closing yeah. for the last final sale about five years one... ago, and it's still open. So. <laughs> You know, um, so with this, it brings up the whole thing about what is going to be the consequences of this now because we have heard that vaccination pro, um, hemi pro, pre, um, Delta ain't the same Mm. as vaccination working post Delta, if you understand. Before, before Delta, it's like okay, vaccination making a kind of dent now, it's like, yeah, them vaccine at the wheel and come again, though, you understand. All right. Mm. True. Comment a little, a little more, yeah. a little more sad news. More sad Messi, news. Messi gone, boy. A little Ooh. sad, boy. Yeah. Messi a gone to sad, Paris. Fellas. I should have tear in the fellas. I should have tear in the boy. I you should have tear. It had been with the ball. I'm sure they ball. Yes, they ball. They ball. They ball. Boy, right now, as a man, I don't like things like sedition and things, fellas, but right now, somebody had a bondong, bondong Bartimeu house or something, boy. I mean, somebody had to take things drastic, fellas, because that Barca board, they forced the best player out. You understand what I'm saying? How the men could do that? You understand? You're talking because they're, they're talking mafia, financial fair play. What about the rest of clubs? All the rest of clubs didn't lose their best. I mean, some people could say that's probably why Ronaldo had leave Real and go I would say no, well, I, I remember, feel they remember what is going on is Bato them spend money bad during them tenure. So when the money spend right. bad, when then, they on a high. Well, exactly. There's yeah, a pride we, before the fall, my friends. Exactly. Bato There's them a pride be before the fall. Who spend money worse than Real Madrid? But Real Madrid ain't losing money. But you're quite right. What they're saying is that is because Barca lose so much last year, the returns end up coming with, 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 with the revenue so much compared to the wage bill. We end up getting cut up. But the, the, the thing mean, is, they're trying to blame La Liga, but I don't feel it's La Liga. It to all blame. started with one game against AS Roma, and it has never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> It has never been the same since. All right. That will pull, so, pull up that drinks from that thing. So let me, easy let me leave it on that note and get but into yes, today's But yes, it's a draft salary cap in La Liga now. But yeah, let me get on with today's hmm. episode. So a few yeah. weeks ago, um, maybe 
um, two months ago or so, I would say, um, we initiated a conversation here in the Heights Room, um, one that focuses on the LGBTQ community in Trinidad and Tobago. And that episode was very well received due to our intention to market it as far as possible to see what we could get out of that episode for the masses. Um, it went to an astronomical place in the, me in, in the media sphere, which is mm. the, the zone that brings back a lot of feedback and a lot of heat. And we knew that we could not have left it right there, you know? And today, we are continuing this discussion, all right? So today's topic, continuing that discussion, but getting more streamlined now, is equal place, living the LGBTQI experience in TNT. Now, living the experience we're going to talk about today. What is really going on with those who are within the community? What are they experiencing? You understand what we're saying? And to unpack this today, we have two lovely guests. I must say so myself. Now, I'm just trying to pull up the, the info here. Let's give me a second. First up, we have Renelle White. Renelle is an unapologetic Indo-Caribbean feminist. She has tutored for a period of 10 years, from 2009 to 2019, at the Institute for Gender and Development within UE. And she's also a director at the Silver Lining Foundation, which they will tell us about more in a few minutes. We also have from the Silver Lining Foundation, Mr. Scott Marchak. Scott is an undergraduate psychology student at, I believe it's UWI, and mm -hmm. he is passionate about activism for and on behalf of the LGBTQ community. And he facilitates as a volunteer and clinical outreach at the Silver Lining Foundation. So good night, Scott, and good night, Renal, and welcome to the Heights Room. You know you're coming sooner than later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, yeah, hi, good said. night, y'all. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having us here. Um, Thanks for really, coming. Really appreciate mm -hmm. the opportunity, you know, to be here. Um, I see in some of our supporters, you know, um, Scott, one of your friends here, Joseph. Hi, Chrissy. I miss you. I miss our astronomy nights. I don't know what we're going to do about it in the lockdown. You know, the little gear picking up the SNF and all of that. You know, so thanks everybody who, who logged on and who locked in. And hopefully uh, we could have a healthy, progressive, chill conversation about That's... equality and, you know, finding an equal place in our multicultural mm -hmm. society that we live mm -hmm. in. Yeah. So last time we asked, is Trinidad ready for equality? And we couldn't unpack it in one episode, and we're going to continue now. And before we get into this issue of equality and what's really going on with this equal place that is sung about in our and them, right? Tell us a little bit about the Silver Lining Foundation right now. Right. Okay. Um, so the Silver Lining Foundation um, operates on, on three pillars, right? We are an NGO. We are an NGO that deals with primarily or focuses on bullying and harassment amongst LGBTI youth in particular. Um, we operate on three pillars, support, educate, and advocate. So we're here to give that support to young people, young LGBTI persons who may have been or are currently struggling with their sexual orientation, um, struggling with 
you know, coming out or being their unapologetic, genuine, authentic selves. Um, we also educate um, through activism, through various different programs um, around what is gender, sexuality, identity, the LGBTI experience, um, and also, of course, advocated for the um, uh, society to really be more, you know, accommodated, not tolerant. That word tolerant, we could mm. unpack that a little bit. Eh? For, sure. I, For sure. I don't like to use that word tolerant. You understand? Right. So, so, but but let me, let me not get too carried away because I'm, you know, it's real high something going on. You can on, reach right? there. We reach in there. Don't I, you know, I, I, I tend to reach some little height sometimes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so the Silver Lining Foundation was founded in. 2014, oh, I, I believe. They're about, they're about. Yeah, they're about seven, I think. Oh, Jeremy would be so upset. No. <laughs> Jeremy, if you're watching, help me in the comments now, brother. Help me in the comments. Celebrating 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> you know me and Dave something sometimes, uh, Jarris. Um, But yeah, so that is what we do. And our executive director, every time I talk about the Silver Lining Foundation, I have to mention him. I have to say his name. Nine years, Brandon. Thank you very much. I think next year will be 10, the big 10. But I have to always mention Jeremy Stefan Edwards, the executive director and founder of the Silver Lining Foundation. Right? And mm -hmm. the reason that he um the reason that he he he, he decided to, to 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 do this and have this foundation um is because of an incident that happened. A few years ago, where a young a young boy in in school, what school it was that he went to? You remember CIC? Um, George Cassandian, he committed suicide because he was being bullied and harassed. Um, we can't say for sure if it was because of his LGBTI self-defined orientation, but definitely yeah, bullying and harassment uh, based on how he was perceived. So that's a, that's another thing that that we could talk about later on. Yeah. That in schools we have found that in schools through our survey that mm -hmm. persons are bullied and harassed not only because of their LGBTI I, I identity but because of how they are perceived. So if you're not you're going to well, a school and you're playing football with the fellas and them in presentation and thing, oh God, you're gay, you're gay. What happened to you? you had to yeah. be gay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, let's for... get into that one time. Yeah. Let's get into that. Let's get into that. So you all do yeah. outreach into schools. All right. Yeah. Let's take yeah, it away, yeah. Scott. Yeah, no, I was just going to add to that and say that uh, homophobia, we think about is usually this thing uh, that is uh, a concern of LGBT queer folks, but not necessarily homophobia is really something that everybody is really a, a victim of, you know, whether or not it is you're gay, straight, bi, whatever, whatever you identify as, um, you know, that's how, that's how, uh, that's the culture that we have here, that's, um, you know, that's how masculinities works. And, you know, we're going to unpack that and Ronell would be able to, in particular, oh, yeah. talk a little more about that. Yeah, definitely. And, and just to, to reiterate too, a mm -hmm. very important point. Yes, I know that we are talking about uh, the LGBTI community and so on, but homophobia is something that doesn't only affect negatively the LGBTI population, but also men and masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it has very to be because from my, my gendered experience and knowledge and, 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 and um, education, um, I have read so many studies and writings and theories that speak about masculinity as homophobia, you know? And as Brandon is saying here, so we have a, a, one of our biggest supporters always, always here to support and add, um, mm -hmm. you know, that homophobia affects our relations to one another. 
right? Yeah. How we react, how we interact, how we bond. And it's interesting and people don't see that, eh? Yeah, you're talking about mm-hmm. Messi and mm-hmm. in the um the Copa Finals. I mean, Neymar lost, I'm a Neymar fan, mm-hmm. right? So I'm mm-hmm. glad that he on PSG now, so mm-hmm. I can see two of play together. Right, um, right, okay, he okay. The man real mm-hmm. cry on the field and he's mm-hmm. all, he always is very emotional. Pain, and pain. Yeah, we mm-hmm. see a lot of these male football players, you know, when they, they lose or they're feeling passionate about something or, or, or positive mm-hmm. or happy. They would let the emotions go. And we would look at that and be like, yes, nice, right? Because this is how homophobia works and how privilege works. In that space, you're already being athletic. So you're already being so masculine. So it's so fine. So you have that freedom. What about what? when they jump up on each other and hug up each other and oh, man wrap wrong, he leg wrong next to them and oh, holding them so... Um, right, that's normal. In, 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 in the gender courses that, that I would have done when I, you know, I well, the only gender course I did was men and masculinity. It's great course. If you're going to UE, if you're going to UE, do men and masculinity as an elective, right? You know, they talk about these things. Those spaces are, you know, what they, the, the term that they use for it is very homoerotic, right? Not in the sense that necessarily there's any, you know, uh, yeah. a gay, gay or homosexual, uh, sexual interaction. But the sense that, you know, there's this male and very masculine camaraderie yes. among mm-hmm. these men, right? Yes. And it's okay to slap each other bottom and roll up. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Do it like does that, happen. Right? Because it, that, is, that happens within a particular space and context. Because I know you know he's wrong on the field. He's slap bottom. Right? So, so, so yeah. It re- and when you think about it, right? When you think about it from that perspective, once you once you could understand that, you will see that really this idea of like masculine and feminine, this binary as we call it, is really a fallacy. Is is not real. It's something that we we make up for a ourselves. Construct. A construct, a social yeah. construct, as mm. we say. But right? some people say they're changing the electives. I'm thinking yeah, already. Right. Right. <laughs> so I wanna I wanna get back into the outreach into schools, right? So the Silver Lining Foundation goes into schools, and you all have a, a, a climate survey. That yes. you all conduct at yes. these schools and you know yes. when you go into the education system mm-hmm. when you go into a school and you have to deal with its um its norms which are many times very archaic and you know tell us about how that goes and the fact that you know we live in a for want of a better term homophobic nation right you know that's what that's our thing that's one of our things right you know what what is the experience when you go to a school to address students like the one you highlighted from CIC, who exists in every school. What's going on when you guys go there? Right. So um, the National School Climate Survey, uh, the first one um, happened in 2016. That was when we had the first launch. And we are in the process right now. Every three years, we want to do it, right? So um, to, 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 to really feel out the climate, anything changing, anything different, is it the same, any progression and whatnot. Um, and together with that, so I just want, want you all to know that together with going to the schools and getting the data, we also do teacher training, right? We had about four cycles of a teacher training program where we try to train the teachers to not bully, to be able to deal with conflict better, conflict resolution, restorative justice as opposed to punitive punishment, understanding sexuality and gender identity, not, be, not so they wouldn't tell the, the, the gay boy or the, the, the lesbian girl, or the person who is not, you know, performing their gender like what society should, you know, wants them to be. So they won't tell them, hey, take down your gainer. Take it down. Stop acting so gaily. Stop acting so manly. Mm-hmm. They're going to stop harassing you if, you if you take it down. 
right? So we, we mm-hmm. also do the teacher training program to try to redefine how teachers themselves, right, see and, and, and perceive um, identity and sexuality and being. So we did 2016, we're going to launch it 2019 yeah. at the end of this month. So lock on to Silver Linen, all, all our socials, you'll see it. Um, so what we what we do when we go, we want to get a gauge of bullying based on sexual orientation, so LGBTI bullying. We want to gauge gender-based violence as well because homophobia, harassment, bullying, all of these things count as gender-based violence, right? Um, what we found when we went to these schools is that a lot of people said, yes, they are bullied, but they are also the ones who bully in as well, right? So you see that kind of vicious cycle mm-hmm. going cycle, on. Yeah, right? cycle. Um, different types of bullying take place in different school settings. You would see certain dynamics in an all-boys school, certain dynamics in an all-girls school, certain dynamics in mixed schools as well. Yeah. And that clearly points to how we learn socio-cultural norms right about gender relations and so on and um, um, to speak mm-hmm. to that a little bit about what you're seeing in, in engaging in that cycle of receiving but also giving um you know this kind of bullying gender-based violence and bullying um it has a lot to do with again like masculinity particularly within boys schools i mean once you once you're the receiver of that you're also going to be the giver of it because you're also trying to show it's basically like you're trying to show that that uh uh it's you're trying to get gain respect from your fellow from your fellow peers, like, and you're also trying to uh, distance yourself as much away to the uh, from uh, the idea of being queer because it's it's met with so much social mm-hmm. undesirability that you now have to be very vehemently against it to, to the point where it is violence, you know, where it is you you saying all these slurs and fighting with people and trying to just be as far away from it as possible so that you could essentially. Uh, survive really and navigate right. this space, right. you know. Right, right, right. Before we get any further, I wanted to ask a question. Well, a, well, a couple of questions. Um, well, one somebody also had one of the questions I asked. So, like, you did a survey. How many schools were you guys able to get into? Right. Yeah. So I see Sw- Swati. Yeah, she's asking about it. Um, Brandon replied to it. Um, it was over thirty schools. It was actually forty-four schools across the entire country actually we went from Blanchishare, Cedrus, um presentation, Shogona, San Fernando, Naps, Central, everywhere, North Manzanella, we went, we really tried to get a broad base, right? Um were you guys able to go to Tobago? Yes, we did. We did go to Tobago. We went to Scarborough. Yeah, we went to Tobago. Brandon, Brandon and I went to Tobago. Scott missed that flight. Yeah, we went to Right? So, yes, we did go to Tobago as well. And we have our executive director here on the live, Mr. Jeremy Edwards, and he's mm. dropping some, some data and some info. So, you all could go ahead and check out the comments there and you'll see what he has to say. Right. Um, but yeah, so the process, you all are, were asking about the process. Yes, what about in. the process to get in the school? Yeah, yeah. So, how that went? Those challenges. The, the challenges, the red tape from the ministry, right? You mm. know why we started to do the survey? The Minister of mm. Education at the time, those couple years ago, said, What? Bullying? Harassment? That don't happen in schools? Gay people? It, that don't exist either. Like, what is that? So the denial, mm. 
right? Where's the data? Where's the data? Where? How do you prove this? So Jeremy was like, you know what? We need to go in these schools. And we had a really hard time because we couldn't have put bullying LGBTI on the front. I wish I had some surveys. They packed away nothing um, downstairs. But we couldn't put that on the title, on the cover at all, right? Oh. So we have to be very careful, right, with how we went in because it was it's a very difficult system to access, as Brandon says. And people don't want to, to they don't want to open up technology and the fact that there is bullying and harassment because some believe that they are the the lgbti population deserves to be exactly harassed out of Mm. being gay or being queer so it's like it do exist let's just leave everybody to do what they have to do to get that out of them so we could change the system because heteronormativity Mm. right that is a norm so it was very really difficult Mm. to go through the ministry we had a lot of help from UNESCO. We have to big up UNESCO, right? Um, I, I just want to say to keep in mind that, I mean, uh, Ranel saying that you can see how uh, homophobia on a sociocultural level, you know, between between it just being uh, pairs at school, then translated becoming an issue to even do this type of research on a, on a systemic, on an institutional level, you know? So we're not only seeing mm. it, we're not seeing only seeing homophobia just happening like, hey, Yes, a so and so and a so and so and a batty boy and anti man. And you know, all the all the colloquial terms that, that we have for, for these things. Let me, that, yeah. let me ask this. Let me ask this. Just out of curiosity. And it could be very brief. You don't have to go into the whole presentation. But when you enter a school, right, you all address, you know, the students in like, you know, a hall or whatever. What, how do you all explain to them um, what, like, what, what, how, what, how do you represent homosexuality to them? Like when you are trying to to enlighten them about it because we know what is the norm and the normal thinking. How do you all bring that difference to them in a, in a brief way? Right. So let me just make it very clear that when we go into the schools to do the survey, we have no space to give any expose or talk about silver lining in any great detail or anything oh, like that. Oh, really? They come, mm. hey, when they come to do the survey, what we notice the teachers, the principal place so much priority and emphasis or they're taken away from the school time. time. Or they're taken away from math class. Education. Or they're taken away from English class. Because this is all they do not important. Yeah. Right? So from that experience, we see that there is so much more importance placed on your regurgitating um, school work, the academics, but what about the mental health? Of what course. about the healthy and, and the emotional, the emotional and intelligence? Somebody was just speaking about, you know, teaching empathy and emotional intelligence within schools. That's not something we really put value on as a culture. You know, it's more like, right, learn this, learn this, learn this, memorize it, regurgitate it, right? Uh, you know, so yeah, that is something yeah. to think about. This guy is right. He said, um, Jason says, yeah, drop oh. your that's how it was. Yeah, we had to I leave. A, a lot see. of times, a lot of times, the students would want to talk, and they would, eh? they would talk mm-hmm. and say, "Hey, this, this is how it is." Because you're engaging with and them in this, that way, and they have teacher, things to say. This teacher mm-hmm. is do this, and this teacher, but we have one teacher who does stand up for we aren't thing, you know. But you know, mm-hmm. he does also get some little, little, little flat from the other teachers in the staff room and thing too. So you have the support in the system. I'm not saying that all teachers are homophobic; they're yeah, bad; they're not supportive. Course. Not mm-hmm. at all. Not saying that at all. Um, and what we notice as well is that the younger generation, um, because this would be, we surveyed students from form four, five, and six. And so from that age range, let's say like uh, 14 to, to 18, 19, right? 
And we, we see that some of them is like polar opposites, could be very homophobic on one end, and some could be very progressive and liberal on the other. Some might say, hey, I am being bullied and harassed. I like that they come in these schools and doing this. And, you know, I have some friends who just pick up for me, but I didn't have some other people who's real beyond me. And when I try to talk to the teachers, they don't listen and they say I had to just get over it. But I can't function in school because oh. I'm being bullied and harassed. So how am I going to do my schoolwork? And then when I go home, my parents also harassing me, bullying me, and it's not a safe space at yeah. home either. And then how do we now? Yeah, of course. And that does contribute to uh, a deteriorating mental health as well. So, of course, one of the intersections, one of the other pillars, I would say, uh, in SLF is also to advocate for the mental health of LGBT persons. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, something mm. to think about mental health. Definitely. In the Caribbean as well, right? Mental health yeah. is not something hmm. we, we recognize. And if you, if you try to nurture your mental health, it's also like, that is, that is, you know, that's yeah. not a thing. Like, that is... Let me, let me, anything to do with mental health is you need God in Trinidad. You, you don't pray enough. You don't pray you know, enough. See, you, know, you brought up that. Let me just tell you. We have a campaign going on with Silver Lining, right? Um, conversion therapy. To end conversion therapy and raise awareness of conversion therapy. We know conversion therapy. Um, like, 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 if you, you follow, like, international media and stuff and, and, and so on. Um, is something very um, psychological and, you know, they would go to try to convert and whatnot. But in Trinidad and in the Caribbean, we engage in conversion therapy through fundamental religious practices, like oh, you said, Kata. Sure. I'm going and spray the gear away. Mm. Let me take mm. you to church. Let me carry any must. Let me carry you by the imam and the pundit and this and that to try to convert and get out of you as if it is a demon in your soul. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But let me ask something, guys, um, because I, uh, I mean, hats off for doing such a large survey. I mean, having done research myself, I know that's very difficult to do. And I'm very happy about the fact that you included Cedrus. I'm actually from Cedrus. Wow. So I can tell you that most of the times, uh, Cedrus is after. Which school in Cedrus did you all do? Was it Cedrus Composite? Was it Cedrus <laughs> it's a secondary school, right? Obviously. Yes, yeah, secondary school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what his name is, but oh yeah, really because they're changing names now. Yes, 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 they're changing names. Yeah. Yes, we don't yes, have composite anymore. Yeah. It yeah. could be. It could be. just government secondary now. Right. It could be. just government secondary now. You know, that was that was a nice experience. It was a nice experience for us. It was a cultural shock right. I was like, so, wow so, yes so if you good. could if you could just because the things that comes with these research is trends right so what has been your experience in terms of what you've seen in what we consider prestige schools uh versus non-prestige or public schools one and two rural and non-rural schools because right. I, mean, I went to Cedrus government as primary uh my mom and dad taught in Cedrus composite then i went point fourteen senior and then in a level i did not pretty much so i cut all the swat we had, right. we had bullying and i went through bullying in different scales but i could tell you that rural rural city thing is a big one as well yeah. Yeah. Them yeah. definitely definitely i mean like i said it was a culture shock i went to 
prestigious school I went to a convent. Um, Scott mm. went to a prestigious uh, school. school yeah. He went to um, Fatima as well, you know, and he he could sure. I, I would like him to tell 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 you all about his experience. Um, mm. you know, in the schools. But we see that, you know, it it's very interesting, the dynamic. And like I tell you, it mm. was a cultural mm. shift, right? It was a cultural shock for me. Um, and, and mm. Jeremy as well, because we both did it together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what we notice is that in the prestigious schools, in the denominational schools, there's so much more of a, a like secrecy, right? Um, mm-hmm. They try to hide so much things. They don't want people to know mm-hmm. this and that. This is not going on in the, the hallowed halls of the, of the, mm-hmm. the prestigious and, the, and so on, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so much more of, a, of, of secrecy. Um, I'm not saying that that in these schools there's like less or more homosexuality or anything right. like that or less or right. more lgbti persons it's yeah, basically just treated differently. Sort of, it's treated yeah. differently but it's basically the same sort of ratio and mm-hmm. with these denominational schools we see that there's they, a religious component religious component and they are almost driven by the fear of shame yeah right shame and taboo mm-hmm. right again mm-hmm. because shame guilt fear shame, guilt, mm-hmm. fear, because of um you know that that whole idea that religion and we go back to, to last week uh, how much weeks ago you know uh this natural law religious anglicized kind of way of, of thinking and seeing things yeah. um so when we went to the the mixed schools or the non-denominational schools what we noticed there was that um there was a lot more gender-based violence itself um especially things like uh, a lot of the girls said that they were unaware of if they were being sexually abused they were unaware of what consent was right um Mm -hmm. you know being in in a mixed school they were not sure Mm -hmm. if advances that boys were were making were actually like abusive or sexually abusive which is why we also realize how important it is and how much needed uh comprehensive sexual education is because when we think about sex education it doesn't necessarily have to be about the act of sex alone but also to recognize that you know what is consent something so simple as, as, as consent you know um if if uh if you know you touch somebody does that mean that you know that person has to do something else or you know things like that and and you you know things like uh, not assuming what we call blanket consent. Just because you do one thing, the person like you do one thing, don't mean that they want you to do something else. You know, so consent is our ongoing process that you must always ask: Is this okay? Does this feel okay? You know? Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. That was just a little, a little segment. Yeah, someone said something about. here like that is we culture. Yes, yeah. we, 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 we create norms. You say it's a cultural norm. It's Trinitarian. It, it, it's fine. It's fine. You know. It's a rite of passage, you know, of bullying course. and all that will make you stronger. Yeah, especially, mm-hmm. yeah, especially for, for, for young boys. Because yeah. again, we are training them how to, in how to how to be men, how to be yeah. macho. And when right? you look at the survey, of course, um, it's not surprising when, when we see the results show that more boys tend to also, again, be the perpetrators of gender-based violence, of bullying, of these types of things, right? Yep, but also we saw that um, in the all-girls schools, um, not to just to be on boys and men and, and all of that all the time, but I mean, you know where I'm coming from because it's, it, this is part of the patriarchal experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. But in the all-girls schools, there's a lot of cyberbullying, right? Mm-hmm. Which is a form mm-hmm. of passive harassment, passive bullying. Um, you would see a lot of slut-shaming as well because girls, young girls and women, 
tend to slut shame other women and mm. girls. Again, mm. coming from that patriarchal yeah. system. So sometimes right? we think that, you know, just because you're a woman that you, you must have like these feminist ideals. But of course, sometimes women too can be perpetrators of the patriarchy as well. Definitely. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Do you get a sense though that the idea of bullying um, has happened, is, is, is almost like it's a, it's, it's a growing phenomenon? In that it's something that starts to start start up wherever people feel marginalized. So in the sense of, um, I, I could tell you, uh, I must experience some of it going to um, these mixed schools where, uh, you know, they quick to call out, well, you are nude or, right. you know, or you, you, you know what I mean? And, and they quick, I mean, even when I went to NAPS, I remember a few people say, yeah, you are nude. You know, when you're in your mix with other schools, you get that kind of, pressure so it not so in other words it's kind of whatever the norm is the bullying yeah. then comes in on Definitely. that and, and that mechanism then is a funny thing to, to 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 manage yeah let me tell you something else that came out of our survey um because we had options right for for the students to tick um the the different areas that they were bullied right um and you know up upon this day and age up to today people are still being bullied Based on they're wearing the brand name shoes like everybody else, Hopefully. they don't have hairstyle like everybody else. Their physical appearance, oh, body shaming. Come on, it still happens. You're, you're not you're not rich or wealthy. You're living in a poor area. People, For sure. To young students, mm -hmm. I was shocked to know that today, boy, that that happened twenty years ago. How old am I? Yeah, that happened twenty years ago mm. when I was in school. Right, I went yeah. to Cougar mm. Convent, which is a rural area, it's not like Tongue Convent mm. or anything like that, right? And things like this happen, they have cliques still, so you still have cliques in school, you still have schools in the West discriminating based on based on geography and socioeconomic background, oh, yeah, for sure. You That's know, and you live in yeah, well. If you're not going press naps convent well you know you're you're not bright or you're this you're that you don't oh, know i can't, I can't tell you how many times people think that you know uh when they when they hear like how i speak sometimes they figure that because uh, i could articulate myself well i could speak what what it is i'm trying to say they, they automatically ask me what school you went to i thought so i thought you went to a yeah. <laughs> right yeah, I mean, this is, you know, that is like how it is, you know, the, so we dealing with, with this homophobia and then there's the classism right there next to it. You yeah. understand? Which is, and which is important to note because right. of course there are yeah. intersections of these things. Too. Right. Homophobia don't happen alone by itself, Definitely. right? Mm -hmm. It's happen, you know, it's intersect with race, class, all of these things. Yep. And even not to, you know, me saying this is not, uh, not, uh, uh, what, what, what was, what, what is it I'm trying to say? Like be good. Say something inflammatory. Our own LGBT right. community, right. but also it right. is to highlight that uh, there are also injustices, prejudice, discrimination that has happened within our own LGBT community. Yeah, that yeah. That might be that might be a shock to some people to hear mm -hmm. that that queer people could be homophobic. Oh, yeah, queer yeah. people could be trans. Mm -hmm. Queer people commit domestic violence. Yes, queer yes. people mm -hmm. people commit acts of the the LGBT. Queer people commit. Acts of sexual abuse, right? For, for, for like right. viewers who, who 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 that would be surprising news. What would the, the what would I guess? Right. No, I confuse no. What like I guess queer on queer 
phobia okay. look like? What what does that look like? For sure. We say some grinder all the time, so, so you all. So for those <laughs> there you go. Grinder is the gay version of Tinder. Tinder, right? yeah. Yes. A lot of the times you will see things. You say like no Indian, no blacks. Yeah, but also right? things like no um, femme. No fem. Hashtag mask for mask. mask they only want masculine-looking men, right? Wow, you must crazy. sometimes, you know, guys tell me they, they would message me and then they will see my picture and then they'll be like, "Well, you're looking, you're looking a little too femme for me." You know, I only want, only want big, strapping, masculine-looking men. That's what they want. Well, right? I mean, the wrong program, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but in a way, it could say that's just their preference too, you know. If I mean, no, right, that, that's that's, that's a really good point, huh? Mm-hmm. Because we could we could go that route and say, well, that's preference, that's opinion, and whatnot. But to actually place it out there on a on a platform like that, right? True. And, and actually devalue. Yeah. You know what's mm-hmm. in the front? The difference mm-hmm. is when you start to devalue yeah, things that have been out of certain bodies and say, no, 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 you do this and do that. Right? So it's, it's prejudice, like Brandon is saying. Yeah. Prejudice yeah. is different from a preference. I have a preference in men too, but mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. devalue. You understand? Yeah, it, it's 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 tricky. It's tricky in that in that regard. But it yeah. come like when a when a when a well known guy come and say um if he dislike a race of people. That is just his opinion. <laughs> right. yeah, I said the man said that. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, look, Swati said here, preference is rooted in misogyny. And yeah, I like and that she brought point. in that whole idea of misogyny. Yeah, because we realize mm. that misogyny, sexism, all of these things also go hand in hand with homophobia. And a lot of the times, you know, we talk about the idea of homophobia, but also heterosexism. Right. The idea that the right way, right, the natural law the natural is law. is mm. to be heterosexual it's and to engage in heterosexual things. Well, which now we talking? Because eh? heterosexual <laughs> again, intersections, they have certain things that are also affiliated with being heterosexual and also just being the ideal human, yeah. right? Which is a fallacy that it none is. of us can what, fit what, into. What is that? You're looking for what unicorns. Is that? Chasing <laughs> unicorns, y'all. You know? Mm. Um, but, but, um, but yeah, uh, misogyny, that, that idea that, that they say, like, no femmes, mask for mask and all of that. Um, think about it. That devalues women, womanhood, and femininity. And that's why it is problematic, right? Yeah, they wouldn't yeah, say yeah. No, no macho man or no mask or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? So, so that whole idea of no femmes and mask for mask. Yeah, you see, I pri- have this... In that system, it prioritizes maleness, hyper-masculinity so much. And the values, femininity, and being woman, and all yeah. that. So, if you as a gay man, uh, you know, have some feminine or female qualities because we all have it as humans. You know, we are we are devalued. You all are devalued because of that, and yeah. that is sexism and prejudice. And it might not even just be because you are a gay man. You might just naturally be more feminine, more sensitive, more emotional, whatever. As a man in general, regardless of your sexual identity, and people will still find a way to, you know devalue that mm-hmm. Fair enough, you know enough. some you know when you and you, you all bring up this whole um story and say it was getting confusing boy about yeah i understand what you're saying now and my little hot take on that is that no matter what community you belong to you're human and you could still be an asshole you know of what course. i mean mm. and, mm. and i think that, that i agree and, 
you are and right. some people like you know that's just like they say they have a i think today's world you know it's just like you are emboldened to be that you know because it's 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 all about you know it normalized to be like that um now this brings us you know you, you just talked about the natural law and thing uh -huh. and morality and, mm. thing, and you know it, it it really brings me back to the last episode that we had right the last episode mm -hmm. that we had based on this topic when we interviewed um Terence Bhagwan Singh and James Lancer and James Lancer brought a lot of his takes on the topic and he passed a lot of it off as fact whereas I would say a lot of it would have been opinion his opinions on right. the topic which you know everyone is entitled to their opinion but there's a bit of a danger when you start to pass it off as fact I would say I would like to hear your guys' take on, on that episode and right. first starting off with this issue of the natural law and that there's this moral code that exists that champions heteronormativity. What do you all have to say about that? I will, let, I will let Scott talk on this, right? Because I know I yeah. said a lot. I will let him talk on it. This is something that we, as friends in casual conversation, right? This is yeah. what we talk about all the time. We hang, you know, we chill and we talk about these things. I just want to show you all, right? I have two books here. Foucault, right? The History mm -hmm. of Sexuality, right? Um, and I mean, I have so much. You want to talk about facts? You want to talk about studies yeah, we and whatever? Have, we, we have, have it, the world, the right? World we have research. it. It is perspective. Mm -hmm. It is different epistemologies, which is ways of knowing. And how do you ask yourself? How you come to know what you know? Who tell you that? What is fact? Mm -hmm. This idea of absolute truth. Is a fallacy. It's a fallacy of it is colonial, and we could debunk that. Scott, yeah, what do you think, think about so. the episode? Yeah, I mean, I mean Scott could watch it. I mean, well, lot, well let me let me let me start on the let me start on the natural on the yeah. natural law. Let me start on yeah, that yeah. because so, the episode I mean, had a lot of things that we could get into. Let me start on this thing about the natural law and this moral code that runs through humanity. Yeah, What's I mean, that? As, far, as far as I'm concerned, uh, what I mainly want to say about that, this idea of the natural law and science, um, a lot of things are, quote-unquote, unnatural. Us talking here on this little computer here, this is unnatural. Mm -hmm. This is a man-made thing, right? Natural is a phenomenon that happens within nature, right? This All of this is man-made. Pharmaceuticals, man-made, the, 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 the jab, everybody taking, the jab, jab, everybody taking, right? That is unnatural. That is man-made science that we made. But do we, do we place value or, or rather do we devalue those things and say, no, no, no. Well, hello, some people just doesn't want to well, take some people do. Let me, let me not talk about the vaccine. Let me say Panadol. 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 Let me say Panadol. Right? Let me say Panadol. Let me take it. Let me keep it simple. When you have a stink headache and you take that Panadol, boy, right? You feel, oh, yes, right. This is the right. Panadol is a good thing, right? The, the idea of it being natural or unnatural is not the reason why um, the, that individual was um, trying to just justify, justify so much why it is wrong and why it's right, right? It has nothing to do with natural reaching, or unnatural. Reaching. It, you just don't like uh, a certain individual. You don't like LGBT persons or whatever it is. Your, 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 your arguments of, uh, uh, for, uh, sorry, are based on very biased moral ways of thinking right and that's okay because we all do it we all have certain uh certain mythologies i like to say right certain things that we base opinions on some people not not everybody is is scientifically uh literate i will say right and uh, 
the, the, the hard fact is you're coming with all these excuses, all of these justifications. And it's just that I honestly, I would have more respect for any person that just outright said, I, I just don't like it because I don't like, I don't like this, this identity. And it's coming from a very heterosexist place as well as Brandon is saying. So let's, let's jump into that, right? He is assuming that, of course, heterosexism and being heterosexual is the way to go, right? And that anything outside of that is invalid, right? It's not right and wrong. And of course, it's immoral, right? And uh, that's, the, that's the thing. That is his assumption, right? That is what he believes to be true. But not everybody else sure, well, right? Go, okay. mm-hmm. In talking about it, he talked about... Renelle, you want to touch on, 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 on the... On the natural law, before I get into the next thing yeah, that you talk yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Let, me just, let me just add a little bit to that. Um, so, we in the Caribbean, we have a history of being colonized, right? Or oh, you don't forget that. Don't ever forget that, right? Um, don't forget that we consume, right, so much of what we think is normal and ways the way to be that that actually is put to us through a very colonized, Anglo-centric lens, right? Anglicized, Western thinking, right? Um, and that is what this, this, this person was, was talking about when referring to natural law, yeah. right? But who is to say that the West or the European way of thinking is the only, the right way, the absolute way to be, right? Um, so we have a sense of moral um, superiority, moral supremacy, right? All goes back to white privilege, all goes back to colonized thinking, right? Um, what about persons from different cultures who have different realities? It's that simple. Who have different it's, truths? It's supremacist and what about the, Yeah, what about the headdress of India, the third gender? What about the, the lady boys of Thailand, mm-hmm. right? Across the globe in all these different countries and places. And for the record, the headdress in India are a recognized third gender eh, by, yeah. by the government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so. before Christianity, listen, you all, you all need to, you all need to decolonize all your mind. And that is the heights. If you want to bring heights to the show, decolonize your thinking and decolonize your mind because so much of what we know is this colonized brainwashing, right? I know it's not going to happen overnight. Just so, just so, the clothes and thing we wear is Western clothes and thing. I didn't put on my sari and my bindi and thing today, right? But <laughs> let me tell you, oh, it's, it's funny, <laughs> but I do because that is part of me living my decolonized indo-caribbean life as well right for sure so when 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 people want to come and say yes yes moral superiority and moral what is morality morality is relative natural law is relative what does it mean to be natural why because christian people say so and fundamentalist christianity says so what is sin even these things are social constructs social constructs are created to benefit a certain group in society. Why? We could go down a long road in this book here, The History of Sexuality. We could go down a long road to really try to unpack and deconstruct so, ideas around monogamy and all of that too. Yeah. Ideas around male and female coupling, marriage and all yeah. these things. For economic reasons, it has nothing to do with morality. Yeah. Marriage is relatively yeah. new within marriage. So, think marriage about is a social construct. So, so, so let's pull in uh, a very nuclear part of that discussion that happened before. And mm-hmm. I want to bring it in here uh, in relation to our discussion of morality and how we define good. Because one of the things that I thought uh, was very 
um, sharp and very uh, smart what Terence did is that uh, initially Lancer was talking about it and he said, well, you know, he immediately pulled away from religion and said, well, no, no, no religion, because Terence then said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't talk from a Christian perspective. I would talk from a Hindu perspective where that is okay. You know, so if it is you use religion, that is not justification for that. So if it is you come outside of the sphere of religion and you're trying to define good and not good, the argument was then brought in that was a, you know, I still think a very offensive argument that we start to talk of the queries of sin and not sin. And then he started to talk about murder. And that ah, murder right. is then equivalent to this sin or no sin. So if you're saying that there's no sin, then are you saying murder is okay? So there was this sort of parallel that gets right. sucked into that. And, you know, the argument was a, a, a very nebulous space to carry the conversation. But I want to bring it back here to, okay. for us to, to, to add that clarity, because that to me is like level three of the heights. And I think we could, we, we could yeah. lend some clarity to level that. I think, this is, I think this is going to get, mm. I mean, if you really want to get into the nitty, nitty gritty of it, this is going yeah, to get... Yeah, let me go, let me go, let me go. This is going to be high. Yeah, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. Now, one of, one of my friends here. The on the show. One of my friends bringing a little heights here. But, um, good, why is good, it good. either male or female or hermaphrodite naturally not so? So yeah, I, I think let me let me pull on that a little bit, right? Let's pull on that right. point a little bit there, right? So it's trying to show that in nature, plants, animals, mm. right? Naturally, we let me tell you, we gender things. We impose that Western anglicized kind of notion onto things, right? Look, I have a dog here. He only come in and out of the room, right? And mm. sometimes I just want to put on clothes and things for him, right? And I, you know, mm. it's like, oh, you know, you wanna, you wanna gender the dog too, right? You wanna mm. treat the female dog gaily, gaily. You wanna treat the male dog manly, <laughs> right? Mm. And it's like they don't know anything of that. We yeah. gender things so much. But if we look to nature and we really open our eyes and take that 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 um that fuzz that fog off in front of your eyes, you would see in nature naturally. If you don't talk natural law, so much of it is in between. Yeah. Right here, there, everywhere. You have things like yeah, male, female, plants, something existing in one thing. You have. So let's um, let's touch a bit on 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 Leslie's point regarding the like equation of murder and. Almost right. sin yeah. is equal sin, I guess. Yeah, because without, without religion, the question is... Right, so because without religion, the question is how have that compass for right and wrong, good and bad, right. morality. So, what so let's say it. Yeah. I, always say, I always say more, more than morals, what's more important to me is being ethical, right? Morally, you can say, oh, well, yeah, being gay, being LGBT is wrong. But ethically, you wouldn't say something like that because you it, it causes harm. When you say those things, you are planting, right? These seeds of discrimination, prejudice, stereotypes in people's minds, right? So even if right. you're not outright saying, you're not outright saying, um, oh well, yeah, I don't like these people and, and right. whatever, want to get rid of them and all these things, right? So, you are still in right. a way promoting a microaggression when you think about right. it. Right. So what, what you say in there, Scott? Okay, so we're on level 40 heights there. You're just, you're just bumping up to the next level. You brought us into the issue of ethics, the concept of ethics, yeah. which I think ethics. is where the conversation have to go. So now so now we're saying that that division of, of good and bad starts to be anchored in ethics. 
yeah. what drives ethics? Uh, well, okay, so how I differentiate it, how, how they teach us at, at the University of the West Indies, right? Yes. when they yes. teach us about scientific literacy. In yoga, they history. teach us ahimsa, which is non-violence. Right. Ahimsa, yes. 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 I And I, mm. follow, I follow that. Please follow that, of I course. follow the Buddhist right. of follow uh-huh. life. Very nice. Very yes. nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But what differentiates it is that morality tends to be more rooted in more personal opinions, right? Whether it's informed by religion or culture in general, whatever right. it is, right? But when we speak about ethics, we we generally are speaking about something that is more widely accepted than on our cultural and our personal uh, opinion, right? We're talking about fundamentally, we know that killing a man is wrong. It's unethical, you, can't, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm. So it's yeah, a transcendent yeah. is a transcendent level of, of, of morality more or less. It, e- ethics is you know it transcends culture, it transcends. I think it's a lot more complex you know. and I think Ronel gonna try to get into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean mm. I, I am happy that you all brought up ethics. You brought up ethics because there's a distinction, right? Between ethics mm-hmm. and morality. Now mm-hmm. again, what is morality? Mm-hmm. Why is morality rooted in religion? Mm-hmm. If what about mm-hmm. atheist people? What about people but what about what about what about the morality that let's say so we're trying to do right now because we we're trying to kind of play a kind of roundabout devil's advocate here and bring back what he says so here right let me put aside religion let me say it have morals that need to be understood in a society why is it that people would think obviously we know that's our very question what is morality so why do people think generally speaking why is there so much homophobia worldwide then because when he when when he persons like him say it's an understood thing, it's because there's homophobia all over. What is the reason right. for this type and why does it branch on morality? Let's say people have their things to do with with religion. The ethics now come into play. So what is really going on mm-hmm. here with the morality and this homophobia? What 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 where is that strength coming from for homophobia? Right. So from from a gendered and a feminist perspective, and I say in this because this is where I come from. Right? A lot of people come from different various backgrounds and whatnot. But from a gender and a, and, a, and a feminist perspective, people are obsessed with sex and sexuality and penis and vagina and what you do with it. Right? Yeah. Plain and straight. Mm-hmm. You know what a gender reveal is? A gender reveal is telling people, hey, my child have a vagina, my child have a I find that so much shit. And, and it's also... That's not even the correct term because what you're really trying to say it's a is sex reveal. this is a sex reveal. It's right? not a gender reveal. Exactly. Gender is what we put onto the child, right. right? So right. So 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 to continue from that, why are we so obsessed? Because we place globally, right, the Western and the European influences. It is global, right? This is what we call imperialism. This is what we call colonialism. Oh, it's one of is it is a, these isms, right? Where we place so much emphasis on procreation right we place so much emphasis on 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 reproduction and making babies and if you engage in any type of sexual acts that don't result in that that had to be moral or wrong so it goes back to to, to the whole idea of what is sex and sexuality that what is but what is our bodies for what we use it for right it goes back to this whole principle and this idea of biopower as well what type of power we give to certain bodies that do certain things and what kind of power we take away from it. So the idea of reproduction, there's call there's always called mm. that in the argument all the time. Yeah. Right? It, it wrong because right. it not resulting in our child. Right? But so that means all the gay people, all the gay men that have an anal sex are wrong. But but 
heterosexual people, men and women, engage in anal sex, sex all well. the time. And, and, and sometimes even that. more, maybe, than gay men, because some gay men don't. But also, I mean, it's also centered mm. in, in sex that is penetrative as well, right? Sex, of course, we know doesn't always have to be penetrative as well. Sometimes sometimes we don't even use our body parts. Sometimes we, we use things to assist the process as well. And all of those things are not really given any value. Uh, under what Renelle is speaking about, right? Right, so you see that immorality now, where does it center around? This obsession so, with procreation mm. and that 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 um male-female dynamic the because the dichotomy, mm. because society and, and the, the Eurocentric and Western values say, well, right. your bodies are different and they are made, this right. is how they speak, to fit into each other, male and female, to create something. Right. So that obsession yeah. with the creation so, and all of that and reproduction, it has so much to do with how yeah. we perceive morality around sexuality. Because we're talking sexual morality here in particular with the LGBTI community. Right. right. So 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 let me let me continue off of that perspective, Renel, uh, as you brought in the you know the colonial, the imperial perspective. I, I want to read something that, that will sort of tie us back the same level four heights that we were talking about and and that this con <laughs> the point that we want to make is that this is not the first time this conversation has been happening yeah, all right uh, so let me so let me let, let me read a little bit from from this book a book i just got from one of the greatest leaders of our times desmond tutu god is not a christian all right uh, and right. he spoke specifically about it coming off of apartheid and he said that his wish it's a world to end the persecution of people because of their sexual orientation, which is every bit as unjust as that crime against humanity, apartheid. Now, he's an archbishop of the Anglican Church, coming off of an era of apartheid, and he has compared the two. But he has also compared it unapologetically, and he carried it further to now anchor it into the colonial framework that came with a lot of these religions, where he said, I could not have fought against the discrimination of apartheid and not also fight against the discriminations that homosexuals endure, even in our churches and faith groups. So I want that to kind of to push us into level four, 2.2, you know what I mean? And, and, and that sort of discussion of, okay, now you have a world leader, you know, taking that... Take we away, guys. Carry we into level, into level five. You know, I will just start God. by saying it's so... It's Mario. It's so good that you brought that up, right? And you also kind of bring up uh, um, the idea of apartheid in not in comparison or in parallel, but in conjunction with the idea of being homosexual, being LGBT, right? The thing is, we have to understand that all of any any struggle, any movement, anything like that, there are intersections because people don't just exist as one thing, right? If you are going to advocate for for whether it is the Palestinian people or women and girls or LGBT people, you have to you have to advocate for all of them because our identities intersect, right? So Yeah, um Narad saying something here. He's just talking about very, very good point. Bring it up, Victorian. Pull it up, pull mm -hmm. it up. And I'll, let's get let's get into that. Yeah, I, 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 will, I will add a little bit to that, but I really want to... I can't let that yeah. go just like that, right? Yeah. Um, so he says, stand to be corrected, but ain't Europe and the West are the ones who give homosexuals, etc. The most right. So things, things could exist paradoxically sometimes. 
Um, we live in the Caribbean, which is very, 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 very paradoxical at times, where you have extremes of hyper-visibility of sexuality, carnival and juve and all of that. And then you have this very conservative um, kind of outlook. So the same way in different spaces and in America, you have progression. You have um, liberal thought, liberal thinking and so on, right? Yeah, yeah, I know you're just asking, yeah. So, so it happens like that where you have opposing values, opposing thoughts and ideas and paradoxes sometimes is actually very human and natural, right? Yeah. To exist in paradoxical spaces like that. So yes, they, um, they have come a long way as well because there are Americans or North Americans who are anti-imperial there are Europeans who try to, to, to deconstruct and, and debunk colonization and all of that but as well. The polar opposite. And but you have the and, polar opposite at the same time. And when you think about it too, I mean, I think about it in terms of like this this weird timeline scenario in the Caribbean where it's like uh, we as a past colonized region have been the receivers of, of all of this homophobia and, and heterosexism that still exists here. And then it's like, okay, once we got away from from the colonizers and they went abroad and they started to some of them started to decide yes you know what we need to be more progressive or we need to hold space for lgbt persons and all all the people that we have damaged right uh, but then we here are still are still struggling and sometimes that is an argument that people uh, and i think this was something that um, mr lancer brought up that uh, we trying to be diplomatic scott mr lancer uh, <laughs> mr lancer brought up which is that we are trying to be more like the West, right? When it is that these things that we have been left with are actually Western and we're trying to break free from them, right? Just these ways of thinking, right? It, it actually comes from that colonized space. Yeah. yeah. So like to, to, to play off some of that, as you say, like we, we're trying to break free of this kind of thinking and stuff like that. One of, one of the critiques that of our, or that episode and us as a team and Hydro is that we should not give folks who share those views a platform because, right. like, as you say, we're trying to break free right. of, of, of that kind of thinking and that mentality. And, right. and us as a team, we kind of discussed that and we were like, well, I don't know who, how far do we want to go? Is that censorship just because we may disagree with what somebody says or not? But so how was that? From your perspective, with the LGBTQ perspective, your friends, yeah, should we allow I, people like that? I think this. I think this is level four, five, five, four level. Yeah. We reach now all year five. Five, five, five. Right. Um, something mm. that I really wanted to say about that, and, say, and yeah, Scott will will, will continue. That I want you all to know that I am an ally. I'm a social justice warrior. I'm an advocate for human rights. That is my position. That is where I come from. That is what I do with Silver Lining. That is how I live my feminist life, etc., etc., etc. The Heights Room is not and has never said that they are a safe space. The Heights Room is not an NGO. The Heights Room here for Heights. They here to talk. They they here to have a conversation. We understand, right? And having talks with you all as well, I want everybody to know out there that you all did understand and you all empathized definitely. Yeah right <clears throat> but i want people to see and know that there are different spaces and even though the conversation went where it went you still wanted to maintain a type of respectability and a space for people to talk and say what they have to say mm -hmm. right um 
So sometimes people would say things like, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't even bring on them. You shouldn't even give them a platform. You know, sometimes you don't know. You don't know what people might bring to the platform. You don't know what they might say. You don't know how it might be be responded to and whatnot and how people would react. Um, so for example, if we do a live from Silver Lining, we know that we what we stand for, we are a safe space. We are an NGO for XYZ. And we will have to be very much more um, aware and sensitive and so on to these matters, right? Um, but I think that, you know, like, like a lot of people said, this is the, the mentality in, in society. This is the way that Trinidadians think. So on the show, in the Heights room, out of the show, on the street, in the school, all of these things, people will still say what they have to say. What we do here at the Silver Lining Foundation, we are trying to create a cultural, socio-cultural shift. And I think the Heights Room is also doing things like that because I see you all as very progressive. I see you all as having conversations that need to be had, talking about taboo things and really providing that space for opposition, for advocacy, for allyship, for all these different things. And that is the whole gist of intersectionality as well. You have intersecting ideas and ideologies. So we still live in a society where people are really racist and things too. They'll come on our show and, and talk the racist talk. They come on our show and talk the colorist talk and all of this too. We have racism, classism, colorism, homophobia, sexism. And it is surrounding us, home, outside, social media, it everywhere. Yeah, and I'll just say, I mean, I think Renelle pretty much took everything I was going to say. But I mean, I, I, what I will just say is, and Brandon said this just now, that we do not want our lives to be critiqued and to be debated. Uh, what, especially when it's somebody that, uh, that has no idea what, what this, well, I'm assuming that doesn't have any idea what this experience is like, because that, this is not your identity. You don't know, right? Lives should not be debated. However, we understand that it will happen anyway. People will still be homophobic. People, people will still be sexist, racist, whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, it just happens in, in different spaces and contexts, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, and Ronel brought up the point of, of intersectionality. And it's so important to note, right, that, you know, I'm and I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that he wouldn't critique something like the BLM or, or, or women's lives or, or migrant lives or anything like that, right? You wouldn't critique somebody's life like that, right? Uh, it's, no, it's no different. And me saying that, I need to be very clear that I am not trying to put oppression on hierarchy. Uh, mm -hmm. Sorry. Uh, I'm not trying to put oppressions of different identities on hierarchies and compare trauma, right? And who's more entitled to this? Who's more traumatized? That's not what I'm trying to say. I am trying to say that it's very similar in the sense that what you are doing is promoting harm, prejudice, stereotype, adding to that trauma, adding to that oppression, and we don't want that to happen anymore. I like what Lily is saying. Lily is also part of the Silver Lining Foundation. If you want to pull up her message, you can do that as well, but it is really important. And I'll read it out. Lancer's personal beliefs and others like him, because we're not singling out this guy, uh, not just about a difference in opinion. It is rooted in the desire for a group of people to be annihilated. Hate doesn't deserve a platform for friendly discourse. Of course, and that's the other thing I wanted to wanted to say is that he he talked a lot about you know not wanting to be cancelled, feeling like his opinions were being stifled. He didn't have freedom of speech, and the thing is, uh, there are consequences to your actions when you say harmful things. People are gonna want to cancel you. And that, that, that's the truth. 
I mean, the same way I, he, 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 he says he's a journalist, right? The same way that you have the power to write compelling stories and to, and to gain a following, the same way that you could write a not-so-great story and lose a following. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so, so is, could, oh, sorry, I, could we say that perhaps that then it might be worth having these people on so they could be exposed their views and then as such be cancelled? Or is it not the the risk is not rooted? That's, that's a good uh, question, but um, I am not a great fan of or a supporter of cancel culture. Wait, yeah, particular. I'm not saying we're not we're not fans of it. We don't um, support it because yeah. I believe that people should be allowed to gather their knowledge and information, have a conversation, listen to others, change their mentality, empathize, empathy, y'all, emotional intelligence. That's all it takes. However, I will say that y'all sometimes. You know, people don't really want to debate their lives. Why would anybody really want to sit down with, with somebody and try to convince them that my existence is valid and that I have been through so much trauma, so much pain? I've felt the brunt of oppression, right? Uh, why would anybody ever want to do that? You know, so, uh, yeah, it's like, how do we find, I guess what I'm saying is, I guess some somebody needs to do it, of course, because these, these conversations need to be had. I will not be mm-hmm. that person. I am not. Right. to debate my life and, my and, existence. and so. no, no one should force cut or any other member of the lgbti community to come and say hey hey, hey come and stand up for your rights and stand up for yourself and debate it and and say what you have to say so the whole gist of it is that why why do we continue to debate have debates about persons private lives about what persons do with their bodies and their yeah. sexuality when it is not hurting or harming anyone why is it a debate? Why is homosexuality a debate? We do not debate racism, do we? Do we do, do, we do that anymore? Yeah. Do we debate? Yeah, people do. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. people do. Yeah. Yeah. We had the question. I, I, I can't remember who I, asked the question if we would bring a, a racist on me personally. I, I went to a code team. You did. <laughs> and I would say, yeah. I would say, yeah. Um, but let's yeah. go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would still like to point out that... Um, you know, it's 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 a perspective that you know where where do you find the middle ground? Because the the a lot of the core context of Heights Room is having not only uh, deep discussions but also having fringe discussions, discussions that aren't common uh, to, to to happen. And what we recognize in exploring different topics is that there are many different sides to the story, you know, and in the many sides to the story, um, everyone wants to feel, you know, that they have an opportunity to say their sense, which is why we always take the position where we're not, we're not one side or the other. And, and one of the key things I wanted to point out is that you would notice that we were very specific not to call that episode a debate, but rather a discussion. Because if it was a debate, then none of the hosts would have been part of the discussion. You know what I mean? How we envisage it is is literally. I remember when uh, when I had meat cutter in uh, was it Pizza Hut cutter in so in, in so far, and we had nah, that, boy, that was the Starbucks. Sadly. Starbucks, Starbucks, and we was Why we was like, and we laugh about. So I just laughed because he didn't remember it. Yeah, pizza, no, pizza bodies. Ritualist pizza. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah, and I, I remember 
we were talking about, when we were talking about, we likened these conversations to, you know, your, for me, you know, your roll up a spliff, your, 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 your lining with some fellas, and you talk about, as we mentioned, the level 3, the level 4, the level 5 heights, the reasonings mm-hmm. behind it. And what we get to realize is that everything on this world is part of what makes life worth living. You know what I mean? That everyone has a story. And in order to do that, one of the key things is, is is not having that, that, that everyone could have a strong perspective, but that so long as, is, as it doesn't infringe on another person's rights, as in the last episode, we had a troll come up and Toriana to play mini place, you know, because he started to infringe on certain men, right? That's when we were getting involved. Once you start to do that, you understand what I'm saying? We're here to carry the discussion further because what we found is that, but what you would find is that depending on the discussion, certain things you would never think have another side. Like a lot of people I know um, don't, don't actually know that uh, Hitler actually was a self-professed uh, original Christian. He actually taught himself to be one of the strongest you know, uh, proponents of, of Christianity. And there's, a, there's an entire following that looks at that perspective. So I mean, it's easy to take the, the normative perspective, which is he was a crazy person, he was a, he was a murderer, he was a thing, yeah. which is easy. But there's also some unpacking to happen there, so long as they don't start to infringe on the rights of, of, of the people. Of course, to be and, and that's a you good know? point, because when you think about it, Hitler is studied because of, because mm. of his, his leadership classes. style, his we strategy, yeah. right? Yes, mm-hmm. we know he did terrible crimes against humanity, mm-hmm. but also, like, uh, th- that's just, you know, another perspective of it. Also, a lot of, you know, a lot of very unethical and harmful experiments happened during the Holocaust. A lot that right. still we don't know about as yet. Also things right. with um, conversion therapy for homosexuals. Right, all of that. Correct. But with a Correct. lot of very crazy, messed up, harmful, oppressive, traumatic things that happened in those experiments, a lot of scientific mm-hmm. advancements came out of it as well, when you think about right. it. And does it mean that that it was good, it was okay, it was no. moral? No, it doesn't. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. A Correct. lot of things, a lot in history, there are so many things that may have not necessarily come out or not necessarily that a terrible thing had to happen for something to evolve, but it happens all the time, you know? And we hold space for that. Yeah. So, you know... That episode was the brainchild of myself, of course. You know, mm-hmm. and many people would have seen me, you know, take part in activities as an ally, which I am. And I mean, that would have come mm-hmm. across strong in the episode. And it, you know, as a platform, as a podcast, as a space, we are still hashing out where we're really going with certain things, you know. Um, a lot of people were annoyed that I was not neutral and all of that. And I mean, we learn as we go along how to how to facilitate yeah. for such. My thing about it is that we are living in a reality where it is still up for debate. Sadly. Sadly. You know? It is sadly. And the thing is, it wasn't a debate. Now, this man come on to debate and it wasn't supposed to be. It's supposed to be like, okay, what is your thoughts on this? When he come with all this thing about study, 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 case study, Mr. Man from 1950s about gender and all kind of couldn't get to the point up to now. Up to now, I could not hear from him what makes it wrong. He said, Well, a lot allow me to talk. It's like, what one when will you reach this point? And he could not, because he could not do what Scott said and just say, I don't like these people. 
right? Well, yeah, yeah. And um, if it was a debate and he was able to be matched on a debate, he would be destroyed um, because his points do not hold that level of skill at a debate. So, you know, I just I'm, I know it would have seemed to a lot of people that, you know, we give a platform to something, you know, but um, at the same time, you know, we move in towards, as as you say, these fringe conversations that people mm -hmm. will have. Because as Gillian said, racism, as much as it's not up for debate, obviously, it's still up for debate in these spaces for some reason. And then when we look at a lot of the colonial mindset that, that has sunk into our psyche and is championed by certain people, you know, you get to, to realize that we still have a, a long way to go and we can't pretend that we enter that place to go still now. And that's where I stand on it in terms of the, the nature of the conversation. And, and mm -hmm. before you just, I know somebody has a question here and before you answer it, I just want to say that I heard, I did hear that part of the conversation where you bring up the studies and everything. And it's important to note, and it is always important to note that scientific literacy is so important because when I heard what he said, I could tell from the moment I heard it that this study he's talking about it's coming from a biased place. And we will listen if we ourselves don't have, you know, because not everybody, not everybody goes to uh, to UE and does a, a, a course in scientific literacy, right? So, of course, and that's fine. That is okay. I'm not saying that anybody is less or more because of that, right? But what I'm saying is that sometimes there are people in authority that we will listen to who also have biased opinions and will write these kinds of papers, do this kind of research, and then put their own moral uh perspective on it right and we need to be mm -hmm. conscious of that and we need to be wary of that because it does a lot of harm yes that's all I mm -hmm. for sure for sure you know, let me just say something about what you mentioned there about being an ally now because mm -hmm. i really want to applaud you and give your value obviously for coming on so saying it here in this platform in in on your show right um because I think it's so important for you as a non-LGBTI person, for you as a straight man, right? To, to come out and, and say that, that you don't you don't know how much value and how powerful, let me tell you, you as a man, a straight man, saying that is and how touching it is for, for the LGBTI community out there to hear men like you say that. And that's what we want to foster. We want more people like that. And even though you want your show to be neutral and have that space for neutrality and, and, and this, this, this very um, unbiased conversations, you all still have your own personalities. You all are still who you are. And you should never and should not lose the essence of who you are. You know, so, so it's, it's good and it's okay. It, you don't have to be absolutely neutral. Your show can have that space. But you be who you are because we value that and we respect that. And I like the high room for that. I hear you. I hear thanks, you. Thanks, Cutter. <laughs> You're welcome, Torian. I'm always here for you. Um, and also, there was no acknowledgement that research itself, of course, very good, very good point. We have some smart, intelligent people yeah, on your life. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so much research. Yeah. And this is not to, I, you know, Ren and I consider ourselves to be academics. You know, we, we go into to UE, whatever, whatever, right? But, and this is not to, to devalue our fields, but also that, you know, so much harm goes on within our field, has 
gone on in the past and still continues to up to this day. I always say I hold space for, for the state of psychology as it exists uh, because it's, it's a work in progress that is still very conservative in some parts of the world, particularly here, it's still very conservative. And a lot of people still tend to have, you know, very morally biased, uh, conservative type opinions that continue to promote harm. So it's something to keep mm. in mind. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Definitely, mm. definitely. Yeah. Somebody ask if we bring him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I mean, I mean, judging from from the the the, you never know, you never know. But it's definitely not in that because he had to he had to come. Within the vibe now, within the vibe we were trying to have, it was different. It was a whole different vibe he brought that we just wasn't looking for that that debate, you know. But I mean, if if mm. I bring him back, I bring him back with a man to debate him, and a real debate. Mm. You understand? In a mm. debate, debate, nobody talking yeah. and trying debate style thing. Fight I'm night. Not, oh, you understand? Not, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, that kind of thing. Because mm. that's what he wants, clearly, you know, and that's what he will yeah. have to. I think I think I think one of the things that 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 come clear is that um, and and just keep context, guys. That this is this is what episode twenty three um, of us doing Heights Room in this format. I mean, we now start, guys. You know what I mean? And in now starting at the end of the last quarter, one thing we realize is as you unpack Heights, you get different types of episodes emerging, and as you touch on certain polarizing topics, uh, what me and um, Cutter and Torian pointed out is that what we call it the episodes, and, and and this quarter we have two nuclear episodes for y'all um, that 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 you know will 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 shock everyone, you know, um, and be just as nuclear, if not even more nuclear. But what we get to realize is that those sort of discussions, there's a certain structure that works well with it. You know what I mean? And perhaps a debate style function or debate style structure may work better with it. But the problem with that is that the three hosts have so much to add to the conversation as well. In debates, normally, you just kind of pull back and you let one mm. say it to the other, that kind of thing. So, I well, mean, it's I something think, that is, is almost like a hybrid debate kind I of thing. Think, but I think I'm if we ever do a debate, if we do a debate, me and you have to sit down outside and Torian, we have to train <laughs> to be the moderator. We could train Torian to be the great debate hoster. And I mean, like, I don't me and yeah, yeah. Yo, 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 Kevin, right. Kevin has a good question here, you all. Check him out, huh? Uh, let's get some questions, too. If you have any questions... Kevin actually worked with me for... Kevin was my intern in 2016. Big up Kevin okay, for supporting okay. me. Nice, nice. Right. Yeah. Now, based on the response of the lack of cooperation of the educational institution, do you believe that this may be a result of the fear of acceptance? Definitely, but I also think there are... It's That is a... I mean, this... To talk about this is so layered and this is heights mm. in and of itself because I mm. think that well they're coming back in also you know <laughs> <laughs> give it a little give it a little mm. touch now and we go we go keep it mm. yeah touch it a I think it has to do with yes the fear of acceptance but also uh, hegemonies that exist because uh, of our colonial past you know for instance mm. and I didn't really get to talk about it uh, before but to give you an idea of course I went to the prestigious all boys, Catholic school. I don't really like to, to mm. tell people in here, but yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wait we, to ally, Renel. Wait to ally. And of course, you know, I had a very terrible experience where an injustice was done to me, I would say, because 
you know, I, I finished CSEC. I wanted to come back for, for Cape. And I knew what I wanted to study. I want to study, I think it was Spanish, bio and environmental studies. I was like, yes, I'm going to, I was a science what man. What is that? I wanted to be a science okay. man. Um, I remember uh, I applied. Uh, I never got through. Um, waiting, waiting. All my friends here and back. I seen everybody posting about, yeah, they get through Cape, whatever, Form 6. Mm. And all of a sudden, so my, my, I remember my mother had called the school and they were like, what was going on? Like, why haven't we heard back? And that ended up with me being in a meeting with the Form 5 Dean, the Form 6 Dean, my oh, parents, and the principal of the school. Such injustice criminalized. Yeah. Because, because I had posted a photo of, like, photos actually of me and my current boyfriend at the time. And it was like a big deal because it was like, this is a, yeah. like, how could you do this? You have to understand how it reflects on your peers and the school and whatever, whatever. Yeah. And of course, at the time too, I mean, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was already in was this young. place where I was young. Yeah. And I was like, I'm already in this space where like in a prestigious school, you know, and escape. Mm. And, you know, I want, I want to continue, right? Because I don't know what else I'm going to do. So, you mm. know, I just kind of had to wow. be like, suck it up and, and, and say, right, you know what? I'll never do it again. Um, I'm sorry. And then the next, the I didn't even end up getting my subjects uh, because, and I think it's because right. of how long they had me waiting. And they really told me, right. well, it's because they didn't have the grades to do it. But then when I had mm. asked people around me who was doing it, who was doing the subjects right. I wanted to do, Them they were saying, yeah, I get, I get the same grade as you or lower right. grade than you. Right. And yeah. I was like, this clearly, it, I mean, I speculate, right? It, this is clearly an yeah. injustice, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and, and a yeah. lot of a lot of people, I mean, that's that's so sad, Scott. I mean, that is something a lot of people don't understand Jeez. how competitive the education sector is in Trinidad. And yeah. something like that, where you're supposed to be, you know, spending, you know, every because Trinidad has Trinidad Tobago has raised your point. I always talk to my sister about that because she's nine years younger than us. And I always talk about, well, in my time, I only went one lesson. And in she time, lessons had to be every day. And it's like, that's like the norm. It's so ultra, ultra competitive. And I always think, well, being so ultra competitive, to have to battle that kind of discrimination and have to now perform at that level of academics, that had to be such a frustrating experience to have to go through. And I mean, a lot of people don't understand the effect of bullying and how, you know, all the different forms that it takes and how it could affect somebody. I mean, that's... That's that's ridiculous, you know what I mean? And 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 of course they will hide behind that sort of church structure and that 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 kind yeah. of thing and say, well, you know, we, we would be you know continue to be. So we just want to take some quick questions because we're looking to close up. So let's just head Jason out. Do you think we will make any headway in the legal infrastructure for the acceptance of the LGBTQ community? We know about what happened in the with the striking of the buggery law. Do you but all? I mean, just give us a, yeah. a, a a quick view. What do you all right. think? is in store for that um, area. Okay, so what that what that did, so that was 2018 and Katayu was there. Um, mm -hmm. I, we know about it, we know what happened, everybody make a big joke about it and, and whatnot, but it was just a beginning of breaking down a very old colonial law that, let, let me be very specific about it, was not only, the, in that law there was nothing said about homosexuality and being gay and queer and the LGBTI community. Remember, this is old, old colonial laws, right? That, that, that England and thing repealed since 1960-something or whatever, right? 1860-something mm. or whatever it was, right? Um, but again, that law was struck down to, to kind of make way for others to be 
redefine and reform and yeah, whatnot. Like a stepping stone. Like a stepping stone. When we speak to Forrest, when we spoke to him, we say, well, you know, I can't do nothing about that something because I have 20-something laws behind that. Right? So like Omar is saying here, we need to amend the EOA, which is the Equal Opportunity Act. Definitely. The Equal Opportunity Commission. Is that is their mission? That is their vision. Vision. That is their plan to 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 amend that equal opportunity um, act. Where Kaiso, another LGBTI NGO, they had a campaign at all three, where they are calling for the EOA and the EOC and whatnot to add things such as sexual orientation, HIV, HIV status, status, and age. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. persons should not be discriminated against based on these three things that they have not acknowledged. Being discriminated against based on your sex or your agenda is different from your sexual orientation. Do you know that an employer could say, hey, your HIV status is um, positive, so I ain't going to hire you? There's no law. You can't bring that person to court mm. and say, well, you know, you can't do me that. There is no law, right? So the EOA, Equal Opportunity Act, is very important. If we amend that and add all three and change that, that could then influence the legal framework and the legal structure. But keep in mind, Oli, let me tell you, all the laws could change in this land. Yeah. All the laws could change mm. in this country. Legalizing, decriminalizing, weed, homosexuality, whatever. If mm -hmm. the social and cultural mindset and ideas are the people don't change, people just be breaking the law. Of course. Right? Well, so we are seeing mean, what's happening right now. Right, with, because with, look, at, look at weed and marijuana, it is mm -hmm. decriminalized, not legalized. Mm -hmm. People still have the taboos about it. People still demonize. People still have these mm -hmm. unfounded things like going to fry your brain and this and that and whatever. So it's mm -hmm. the very same way if you do not have that, that, that deep understanding of the thing that you are trying to bring uh, a cultural shift about. You could change all the laws of the land. The mindset, mm -hmm. the culture, mm -hmm. the, the colonized way of thinking, it will not make a difference in the people. Yeah. And I was and just la saying, lastly, yeah. Yes, Scott. Oh, um, I was just going to say, uh, what was I going to say? What were we talking about? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I know how it is. Trust me. <laughs> Trust me. I know what's going on. What I was going to say is notice, notice what we're talking about. We're talking about things like the Equal Opportunity Act. Uh, we're not talking about um, marriage between uh, same-sex persons. Good point. Because that's that's not really what we're that's Great not our sole point. focus right now. What we really just want is to, to, to be safe. Survive, we want to be safe to and live, our, to have rights to survive. Yeah. Have mm. the rights, be able to work. Yeah. The gay community, mm. LGBT community, and saying we want everything happening. It's basic rights, dog. Right. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we work. We are smart. We're mm. intelligent. We're educated. We are professionals. Right? Because yeah. they are. That is all mm. they are asking mm. for. Nothing more than that. Who talking about mm. marriage and think, oh, God, they want to marry. They yeah. want to marry. Or they want to marry. We well, young people don't even want to get married these days. What is that? That's patriarchal colonial thinking. Also, that too. Mm. You know? Yeah, no? Okay. Now, <laughs> lastly, lastly yeah. we have what data you all could share with us about the school situation. So, what you maybe don't not share it today, but maybe we, we could, you, you all could use this now as a, a platform for you all to let people know if you all could put out certain um, infographics about it on Silverlining yeah. or something that I mean, people would like to know what is really yeah, going on yeah, yeah, with yeah, the stats so, out there now. You know? For sure, Omar, thanks for your question. Um, like mm. I said, Omar, he he helped us a lot when he was working with UNESCO um, to get mm -hmm. into the system. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so we are going to have the, the official launch of the 2019 School Climate Survey. Um, August 25th. Yeah, I think so. August 25th, 10 a.m. Lily, you could come back with the info if you, if you yeah, want to. You all stay posted to all our socials. It is being publicly released to all our stakeholders, citizens, anybody who wants to actually come and hear about it. Um, we will have everything. The full, we are all about transparency here at the Silver Lining Foundation, right? We will have everything, the, the, the report itself, on our website, okay. silverliningfoundation.com. Um, we will also have graphics and, and all of that because we're yeah. doing real work for this right now. Well, Lily yeah. and them doing real work. Mm. Big up, Lily, and the social mm -hmm. media and communications team. Um, so we'll have that. Mm -hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Check out the website. Everything is gonna be there. Um, listen, come into the launch if you want, you know, and 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 hear what we have to say because we will be releasing the data, the the facts, right? The facts as it came from the kids, the students, and the schools. Not what we think, eh? Not what mm -hmm. we want to think or we want to tell the people. But this is what these young people have to say. This is their experience. This is the data. We gathered the data. We did the analysis qualitative quantitative analysis right so we, we really try mm -hmm. yeah. to do mm -hmm. it in mm -hmm. such a way that was holistic that, that is what we lack in trinidad it's quite an extensive document quite extensive I mean, a lot of schools a lot of children i was part of the data input and it took very long so so but you it's, know it's, it's needed it's needed and it's it is very needed. much needed yeah of course you know how it is to find data about important things in trinidad when we try to find research on things it's like <laughs> dog <laughs> so, you know it's be crazy and it also i mean that is also uh, a part of that has to do with the the emphasis that we put on on research and the idea of research and how much we value it but that's our next that is our next exercise definitely that we will get into because we will have you guys back renel and the psychivist you understand mm -hmm. scott yes, himself all right um i want to thank everybody for all their inputs i know early in the show we cost 100 right so if it's one thing all it was mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Early initial to say you have crossed a hundred okay. uh, comments, you know. So yeah. like Ole, okay, I know watch that so far, <laughs> but we up there, we up there. Ole on our next level right. too, outside there, level Correct. five with the comments, right? <laughs> right. Um, so I want to thank Renell and Scott once again for taking the time. I want to thank all of you in the comments. Of course, my co-hosts Torian and Shankara. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Lastly, I just want to leave you all with, with the with the understanding that you know, humanity must always prevail. All right. Perfect. That is what we hear for at the Heights Room, that, that the love, humanity love. of people. Well, I in that, 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 right? <laughs> right? Okay. All right. So we're looking out for August the 25th. All right. 10 a.m. Facebook Live, yeah, Zoom. Up. Get there. All right. Mm -hmm. Silver Island mm -hmm. Foundation. You all could follow them on Instagram, on Facebook. Go on their website. All right. Want to thank everybody else for all the beautiful questions and so on. All right. Um, comments, yeah. comments. Let's see anything I'd say from Micronesia there, bro. Well, boy, you know what I mean? This, this, yeah, the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the Pacific, west, west of Hawaii. I actually, yeah, it is west. Tuesday. So big up on Tuesday at 1 p.m. from over here. You know what I mean? In the future. Yeah.
Goodbye from the past, Shankara. Goodbye from the past. Goodbye from the past. Or the future. Or the future. All right, people. From all of us here, signing out. Blessed love. Big up. Blessed. Blessed. Yeah.